This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. And with me today, uh, drowning in his home because of, what is it, Hurricane Earl, Hurricane Ian, Hurricane Henry, Hurricane uh, Steve. What is it? Yeah. I don't know. Hurricane. I think it's Ian. Uh, but yeah, I think it's Hans. Right. Hans is with me tonight, everybody. Hans, how are you doing? Very wet. Uh, very my wet. Feet are very wet and cold. So I'm probably going to get very sick. Uh, but that's yeah. Just going to get trench foot. Wasn't the diabetes? It was going to be uh, <laughs> yeah. Gangrene. I'm going to be toeless, but not because of diabetes. It's the dirty waters that I just had to. No, thankfully it was clean water. Imagine if it was like my septic tank or something, and I had to unclog that shit with mm. shit up my knees. Do you have but any no, cockroaches just floating like uh, palm yes, leaves? Yes, there, there were. <laughs> really? There were a couple. Yeah. Oh no! See, I follow just, I yeah. follow a guy named Timu Jarvin on uh on youtube and he did i actually uh picked up a little bit of footage from him for uh some projects because he's a great uh cinematographer and photographer he's very popular on instagram now i knew him before then Hmm. and uh he was talking about how he was hanging out in korea or the philippines or he went somewhere in asia somewhere in your home somewhere in central america part of your homeland yeah and um they had a flood not dissimilar to what you're dealing with right now and um, everyone scattered for a reason, you know, even though the flood wasn't that bad, you know, you could walk around it, your shoes are going to get soaked, but it's bad. Uh, and there was just like a wave of cockroaches just starting to uh, head in his direction. They were falling on it, crawling on him, trying to oh, like no. keep, uh-huh. keep away from the water, just cr- climbing up his shoulders and shit. Yeah, I know. So that happened to you? No, no, no. It was just a couple of dead ones that were just... You know, they like, drowned. It, it wasn't it wasn't Joe's apartment. Uh, it was just, you know, just a couple of that ones just floating around. Mm. Uh, yeah, mm. the cats. I thought the cats ate them, but this cats just catch them and play with them and then they just leave them dead. So it's yeah, like their toys. Yeah, it's the same as it was before. It's just like, you know, very helpful. You just <laughs> help me find them. <laughs> now I don't step on them, I guess. But yeah. Wow. Well, anyway, I'm glad we don't have roaches here in New York City, the Big yeah. Apple, or rats. Yeah. Or well, homeless people. Or I have listen. I haven't seen a single roach in my building, in my apartment, at any point. I am extremely fortunate, and hopefully, I didn't mm-hmm. jinx myself here. You jinx yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think the trick is getting uh, not a pre-war building and uh, don't live on the first floor. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, you know, speaking of dead things. We are uh, kicking off the spooky season this October, which is my birthday month. I'm going to be even older now. They said October 31st? Yeah? Because Halloween? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty close. No. Uh, but uh, it's around that time. It's almost the same week. It's not, though. I, uh, my birthday is October 23rd. And twenty no, third, I'll just, be turning thirty two. You Maybe just dox yourself. Is that even doxing? I don't know. I don't know there's too much information about me actually out there at that point. It, like it, it's too late for that. It's fine. Um, so yeah, we are starting the October fall autumnal season with the perfect movie. It's Rob Zombie's The Monsters. Everybody's been looking forward to this one. Oh yeah, especially us. Well, especially after that trailer. That trailer. 
I really do think that I think maybe it was Jay Bauman who had that theory that Rob Zombie himself cut the trailer because they used some of the same dialogue that was in that trailer in the movie. And it sounds totally fine. It sounds professional in the movie. In that trailer, it sounds, yes, it sounds mixed. In the trailer, it sounds like they pulled it straight from the Zoom recorder. Yeah. And uh, I honestly thought I was going to hate it more than I did, at least for the first 45 minutes. Uh, Should we just get into it? Yeah, well, you gave it a a one star and a half. Yeah. So what do you mean? You hated it less than you were expecting. So I I really thought that I was just going to hate this because even though I don't really have many memories of what it was, I used to watch this when I was a kid a lot, and, uh, you know, my memory is shit, so I remember bits and pieces. But um, the the trailer, the promotional images uh, were a complete turnoff for me. Mm -hmm. And when this first started, I was like, okay, all right, I can, I can uh, date what they're doing. They're going all in, at least, with the character, so that's fine. I still think his wife is horrible because uh, she feels like the only character that wasn't playing that character, but, but it was her trying to play someone else. Hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but her, her I don't, line... I, I, I kind of felt like she was trying to do an impression of um, the Yvonne original the actress from the series. Yeah, yeah. I, but I don't know if that really came across compared to her natural Sherry Moon zombie-ness. Well, the, I think the, uh, it was more jarring, too, because everyone else was who the character was, but it feels like she was trying to be, like you said, that character. So mm-hmm. whenever she spoke, it was... I don't know. I, I didn't believe that it was that character. I, I felt like, yes, yeah, Sherry Moon Zombie pretending to be a, a lady from the 40s. Uh, I really liked Herman. I liked that he he was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to go all out on this character and do the goofy laugh every time I say something and just the physicality of it and whatever. I didn't mind it. I liked the, the grandpa. But besides that, um, it shouldn't be an hour and a half. There's no story that justifies that. There's literally no story. Uh, it it feels like an episode of something that just, just goes on for way too long. Yeah. After like the 40 minute mark, I started looking at my clock and I was like, oh, this feels like this has been going on for way too long. And then because nothing happens, then, you know, by the time it ends and it also ends very abruptly and very unrewarding. Uh, so it just, yeah, it just dragged a lot for me i think the biggest problem with this is because i agree with you i actually i don't think any of the three of them do a bad job with those characters uh the only thing that got on my nerves as far as acting it's not really i guess in the the actor's control to maybe to an extent is jeff daniel phillips uh like voice cracking like he was a prepubescent boy uh instead of just maintaining like a straight monotone typical herman munster voice yeah um but that's even like a, that, that, that's a pretty small gripe, all things considered. Uh, the biggest problem I had is that there is a, a very messy structure to this film where it feels like, all right, you know, uh, what are the what are the beats of this movie? It's mm-hmm. Herman meeting Lily, them moving, Grandpa Munster getting over the fact that he doesn't really accept Herman or doesn't like Herman, expects more for his daughter which is kind of just like not dealt with really. It's said, that's it. Yeah. Um, there's not really like a villain 
in the movie at all. There's no antagonist. I mean, it's kind of Grandpa Munster for like 15 minutes, maybe. Yeah. And then you're thinking like, well, maybe like the dude who created him will want him back for some reason. And no, that doesn't happen. No. And uh, he just maybe leaves. He's... he's happy to leave. Actually, he's like, yeah. oh, that's your problem now. And now everything I've built up to this point, who cares? I'm gone. So that, I thought I... the brother, I thought the werewolf might become the villain or something because it but was no. the only one that has like an incident or like something that could go somewhere. But then he just disappears and then shows up at the end when it's convenient for him to give the money. Which yeah, was also like it's a uh, it's a very unconventional structure where it does kind of feel like a pilot episode to a TV show where you don't necessarily need a villain. And um, obviously we know that wasn't the intention. The intention was to do a Munsters movie. This was in development for several years. I think as early as 2016, Rob Zombie had stated, like somebody, a friend of his was working on uh, bringing that to the, the silver screen. And uh, he forced himself in there because he's such a big fan. And they said, do whatever you want with it. But we have one, one qualifier here. It cannot be in black and white, which I think is so stupid. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen people do fan edits. Uh, I was considering doing just like a fan edit of the trailer, but people are lightning quick with that stuff. And yeah. uh, it looks significantly better in black and white. The way that he lit the movie with the harsh, colorful lighting is how you light a black and white film. So maybe yeah. like a cut of that exists on a hard drive somewhere. And he's hoping, you know, maybe if this is popular enough, I'll be able to put that out or whatever like, um like mad max yeah it's <laughs> yeah. you know and the colors are jarring i don't know if it was as jarring as what i was expecting from the trailer maybe i just got used to it but mm -hmm. uh my big takeaway was first of all um everyone piling on this film currently i think is just doing that because they went in expecting shit and it's not good but it's definitely not as bad as it's being uh, painted to be by all these amateur film critics. I think if it's a pilot for a children's show, it would do great. Yeah. Because the comedy is very much like kids' show comedy. I think you mentioned Beetleborgs in your review on, on yeah, Letterboxd. Yeah, well, because you mentioned Beetleborgs every time the fucking movie <laughs> yeah. comes up on this show. And so I had be that's my frame of reference. But it really was like that kind of uh 90s kids show and um yeah. you know he he did a good job of maintaining uh what was the the vibe of the property not just in like the 50s but i guess like the reboots and everything we'll talk about mockingbird lane uh mm -hmm. the brian fuller brian singer um attempted reboot of the series and also maintaining his Rob Zombiness, and he kind of crept it in through uh, a lot of the media in the movie, like the news reporters yeah. and the TV shows and things like that, which at times felt a little three from hell for mm -hmm. me. Um, but I didn't mind it. I thought it was uh, probably one of the better aspects of this movie. Yeah. Uh, something that I was wondering, though, uh, within like half an hour in... Actually, no. When, um, when they move to the new neighborhood and everything is very like rosy and and happy it reminded me of uh Edward Scissorhands when he first get to gets to the neighborhood and, and everything is very shiny and very colorful and then I started thinking okay so if you're going to re remake or reboot 
something like this that you know it's from the 60s so times have changed and uh everything about how movies or tv shows were made and the media that people are consuming has changed a lot uh and you just want to do a, a reboot where you keep the same both aesthetics and humor and the type of show that it is without changing much why would you hire rob zombie to do that uh because I, w I think I would like to see a Tim Burton uh, Monsters. Of course, Tim Burton from like 10 years ago. But I think he would be able to get the uh, corniness of it because I, I feel like he works with better writers too. A lot of the jokes and a lot of the things here felt a little forced in this one, uh, which, I mean, this is a Rob Zombie. I'm not expecting him to, to be able to, to uh, I don't know if he wrote this. I don't think he did, but uh, to direct comedy especially if it's something that's not dirty and like southern you know which is his style mm -hmm. but i was like why would you hire him to do something like this if you're not rebooting it as like a something with more edge i guess is what i was expecting and there's no edge at all <laughs> in this whole thing no there uh, is so i i was very confused by the the choice and and i understand he's a big fan and he's been uh asking to do this but uh uh, I don't know. It felt like like a like a wrong choice there when it comes to bringing back uh, a reboot that keeps pretty much everything from the original or tries to at least. Right. And, well, aside from the completed family, as far as like right. being a run up to what you would expect there, yeah, I think it does its job. Um, how is this movie doing, by the way? I know that they. So I found a copy uh, of this film before uh, it was even released on digital. And uh, I watched it right away. And uh, I know that they did like a Blu-ray release that was maybe a day or two before dropping it on Netflix. Um, mm -hmm. So that was like Universal's way of trying to, because the way that Netflix uh, typically works is it's a buyout, right? So if you outright right. sell your film to them and they're, they're gonna uh, stream it in perpetuity, right. uh, you're not going to make a whole lot of money um, probably ever uh, aside from that initial agreement. So they retained the physical media rights. And I guess this is like the company that does all those shitty American pie spinoffs, like the band camp movie and mm -hmm. book of love. And that's their whole MO They, you know, the people who do kindergarten cop two with Dolph Lundgren right. and uh, the Christmas Larry, Story the cable two. guy uh, off jingle all the way, all those movies is like this company. Or that's like the that's essentially the the, the sentiment of this um, universal spinoff. So they put out a Blu-ray to make a little bit of money, and uh, maybe that looks great. Who knows? Um, I'm not gonna buy it anytime soon. <laughs> you know, saying it's like a gag Christmas gift to somebody. Uh, Who knows? Yeah. Even but, if um, there's like a Japanese version or like a like a Russian version that has like a cool, a cool cover, cover. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, like a yeah, nice slip cover, yeah, steelbook. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, maybe if I, I become a Rob Zombie completist. I'll tell you yeah, what, though. The, I'll tell you what, actually. The uh, Chinese version is just Rob Zombie doing Chinese voice in the commentary. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. That would be great. Uh, I don't, I, you know, I have become a completist for Kevin Smith films because Clerk, Clerks 3 just put me in that kind of mood. Uh, Did you pre-order it? No. The Blu-ray? No. No, not yet? No, it's going to be like $11 when it comes out. You pre-order it right now, it's going to be $23. Yeah. I did re receive today the original Clerks by Kevin Smith, which has uh, a making of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back on it, which is also 
what I received and what I wanted to grab, but I don't have it available. I don't know why I bought it. I'm just, I'm, I have a little bit of money right now and I start spending money real stupidly. And then later on, yeah. I'm like, I didn't need that. Why, why the <laughs> fuck did I just spend hundreds of dollars on these fucking Blu-rays? I'm only going to put on my shelf you, and never put in the yeah. player. Yeah, are you gonna rewatch uh, James and Bow Strikes Back? And I already did, and there was nothing oh, on it. It was a fucking empty Blu-ray. It, the movie just starts, and they don't even tell you there's a commentary track. You gotta like figure it out by hitting the the buttons, and it's horrible. So it's I almost like bought you, reboot. You bought it on the street. Yeah, right? it, essentially. If you just bought it off a Haitian man on the street. You got the same treatment. Reboot the animation? No, I did watch that though, and that was unbelievably bad. Yeah. Um, so he didn't direct that. He did a movie called Jay and Silent Ball. Ball. Jay and Silent <laughs> Ball. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob groovy cartoon movie. And uh, it was some like animator who directed it. And I couldn't believe. I mean, it was only like a 50 minute film that he straight. He did like 10 minutes of credits. And every so often, like a fake little animated Kevin Smith would pop up and say, now viewers this isn't me talking this is jay the character talking and this is like 2013 or 2014 you didn't even need to yeah, yeah. worry about that really yet um but he he started to get it in his head like uh my audience is getting more liberal i have to let them know this is the character talking not me the, the creator talking so anyway um yeah it was it was really bad and i almost bought reboot but for some reason it was out of stock on amazon it's only like seven dollars. So everyone's buying that. So you, you did buy that animated one? The no, I didn't buy it. It's no, like no, a no, weed no. movie, I think mm -hmm. it is or something. No, like I don't even that. think you can buy it. I don't think they did a Blu-ray release. I think that was um exclusively trotted out during a roadshow. Yeah, Kevin I remember Smith that. Yeah. Stuff. And then um it might have had like a digital release. Yeah. Uh it's an animation that kinda looks like Ren and Stimpy, but shittier. Right. I think that's too big of a compliment. It's like flash animation, essentially. Mm -hmm. And he got Neil Gaiman to do a character in wow. that. So Jeez. he's Neil For Gaiman's that. a stupid fucking <laughs> whore of a creator. He sucks. I never liked Neil Gaiman. I don't trust people who, who their taste, at least, who like Neil Gaiman. People, I mean, look, the Sandman comic book looks cool, but yeah. it looks cool. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if it no. reads cool. I've never read it. I don't know. And that show looks terrible. So. It looks horrible. It, it, I can't believe. I mean, I can believe that Netflix is just literally, they've fallen into this, this rhythm of just botching all these properties in the same exact way. Yep. The same, and they're doing Avatar, The Last Airbender next, I guess. Are people really looking forward to that? I saw they cast some Indian man as a 200-year-old Asian, like <laughs> yellow Asian man. <laughs> So, like, what what are, you, what are you doing, Netflix? Who is that for? You're, you're hemorrhaging money. This is going to be, like, the last hurrah. Anyway. And, and it's funny how it's, like you said, every time it's the same thing. Like, you, you can already expect what that's going to be because of the track record where they just keep making the same mistake with every single one of them that they do. So, uh, someone in the group was very excited about, and I don't even know if this is Netflix, that uh, Last of Us one. Is that Netflix? That's HBO Maxim. Okay, that one certain. looks like shit, too. So <laughs> that one looks mm -hmm. really shitty, too. So it's just, I don't know, this this whole, you know, finally producing this, well, not, not Last of Us, but, you know, Sandman is, it's a comic that's been at least critically acclaimed for, what, like 20 years, right? Yeah. And apparently he turned down 
a lot of uh, approaches that he had from from people wanting to make it because he wasn't happy with uh, the way that they wanted to portray the story and the characters. And then he said yes to this thing <laughs> that, I mean, again, I'm not familiar with the story. I don't even know what it is about, but it looks like a whatever Netflix production, you know, where it's just not nothing interesting. It looks uh, very flat. That's yeah. my biggest gripe with that. Um, because, you know, you, you I, I haven't even read the books, but I can recognize the, the art style from the books. Mm -hmm. And it's so visually distinct and, and powerful and well done in that sort yeah. of like early 90s, dark DC kind of way, like Arkham Asylum. Maybe it was the, was, was it the same guy? Was it Grant, out, out, Grant Moore or somebody? Um, I don't know. I'm not that big of a nerd. And uh, it, it, that's the farthest thing from it. It just looks like a soap opera. It looks like yeah. a daytime TV soap opera. And the guy that they have is like just characterless in his face. He, he fits what you're supposed to cast as that character, right? But he doesn't have anything that's like, this guy's interesting. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's not even, or at least it doesn't even look uh, visually uh, appealing enough, or at least to match what you get from from the book uh do you think that um Zack snyder ruined that um because of you know the reception that his movie that was visually i mean i guess he did change some things for, for watchmen but uh doing something like that that's just maybe not line by line but pretty close to to what the book is uh so now every time they try to to do something like that they have to change it and try to not even make it look like the thing is what the cowboy bebop looks also that's another one that's also like what were you thinking like who is this for the fans are not going to like it because they want to see what their fans off on screen that's not what you're giving mm -hmm. and then the new audiences that are not familiar with it why would they care about this dorky ass shit you know i don't know i i mean i think it just comes down to that the people that they've hired they've gotten enough people in the mix that can't recognize what good looks like. And I think it's really probably as simple as that because you have people who work on any number of terrible projects and they still look good, mm -hmm. you know? They still look professional or, or there's like, there's too many conveniences that have been taken and it's culminated to this very bland slop and that's all, it, I, that's all I think it is. And Netflix is in a position where they have the rights to a number of titles, and they're going to continue to just dish those out and hope that it lands some new Western viewers. But it ain't working. And uh, people aren't vibing with anything, any of these big, what are supposed to be flagship shows. Mm -hmm. It's not taken, and they're losing money for it. I don't think it, I don't even think it's a get woke go broke thing. You, there are so many instances of that you can point to where that doesn't mean anything. People will watch it regardless. People people have resigned themselves to just accept dog shit, and yeah. they still won't accept this dog shit. So that I think says something. And the confusing thing too is that what their biggest show ever maybe Stranger Things, right? That show looks good. That show if that's something that they nailed is the visual yeah. style of it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Dark. I think that's from Germany, but it's also, I believe it was also a Netflix production. That show was also beautiful. Like the way it was lit, the way it was shot. It was very artistically shot. And uh, I don't understand how you can have 
people like that work like that under your mantle and then you hire people that can't produce things to that quality uh, so then you're left with a bunch of whatever shows that are going to be forgotten in a couple of days and that will be forgotten immediately if they weren't you know with the label of this recognizable ip uh because without that like who would care about those shows you know there's not 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 visually interesting in the stories whatever mm. so i yeah i i was hoping for their for their closure and demise <laughs> earlier but it seems like it doesn't matter if they keep hemorrhaging money like it's they're still producing dog shit well i mean that it, it's tough to say if they can even have a proper demise right so a lot of these co companies are just like too big and they have too much of a monopoly so even though so rings of power the lord of the rings amazon prime series you know we read plenty of articles maybe we pulled them up on this show that stated that amazon prime's future as a company that puts out original media is kind of dependent on this program um and i don't know if i mean i guess they said that it was the most watched series in the series in the history of amazon prime which might be the case it might not be yeah. the case i think it's at least controversial enough of a series to probably have banked quite a lot of viewers off those first two episode drops um, i'd be curious to see what like episode two to episode three was in terms of viewership and yeah. then also three to four um they also banned reviews i think right for like the first couple of weeks so no mm -hmm. one could leave a positive or negative review which is very shady uh but i guess they can do that because they own they own it they own it hey by the way this is not related but have you seen the fake reviews on the Woman King audience score? Oh, no, no. This was getting, I think, something like 40% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. And then suddenly, it got 99%. And then you check out a lot of these accounts, and they are verified accounts with only one review, and it's for the Woman King. You, 99 they're so stupid, too. At least make it real. You know, realistic. Nothing is going to get 99%. Even the most beloved movies ever don't get 99%. So why would you give something like that? Like, it makes it so obvious that, you know, they're paying for this thing. Well, you know what I've heard? I've also heard on a similar note, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is uh, going to be the longest Marvel movie to date or something. So the, you're going to have the longest Marvel movie, a Black Panther Great. movie with no Black Panther, <laughs> and you think that's going to work? Yeah. I'm excited. Hey, I know you're hyped about the fact that Sam Raimi is coming right back to Marvel in this report from Variety saying he's going to do the Blade movie, which personally I find offensive. I think a person of color should be <laughs> helming that. Um, I think Sam Raimi's just like a boring mayo you know, and I, I, they could have done better than that. Well, why Are not have sure Wesley that? Snipes direct it? Because I can't find any articles in Variety that say that. Maybe I just made it Where up. You... you don't know. Maybe I, I got have... an inside source. I don't know. Maybe I... I got played by a Facebook page. I just yeah, I was... buy dog shit. <laughs> I was buy about fucking to say, lies. I just pulled a Twitter account that's discussing film, right? But the mm -hmm. ad is discussing with two eyes. 
And it says mm-hmm. source variety with no link. Yeah, that's a reliable. <laughs> Did I see a screen cap? <laughs> that's what... I think so. uh, well, look, I mean, hey, Let it's me good news it for you, right? That's, Your hero yeah. hasn't fully succumbed to the Marvel Disney machine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah see, that's that, not what I saw, but uh, <laughs> someone definitely b- bought this and thought it was real. Hey, Homer's trending. Homer. Wow. Big, big day for Homer. I haven't heard about Homer since like 10 B.C. Coolio. Oh. Oh, yeah, Coolio, Coolio died. My brother. Oh, Virgil wrote something about Coolio. Is that it? The Everyone's real just... Virgil. Not Virgil Abloh. No, the real one. The Not real the one, one that died. That Not the one everybody dead. knows. The real right. one. The real one that goes to conventions and sits by himself because nobody cares about getting his uh, autograph or anything he right. forces himself have you heard he forces himself onto to people to I mean, because he's a big guy like um, all these dorks that go to wrestling conventions get scared and just give him whatever money he wants so he would go uh let's say that you're you're getting a signature by i don't know another mid-level wrestler he will go in sign the thing and be like oh hey there's my signature now you have to pay me and these dorks just go okay and they just give him money <laughs> yeah Wow. So he's like a old school elementary school bully, yeah. lunch lunch line bully. Pretty much, yeah. There was a a Tumblr account I remember a while ago called Lonely Virgil and it was people just posting pictures of him on conventions with just an empty table and no line of anyone wanting to to do it. Oh, they turned in an Instagram account. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's just him. Let me pull it up. It's just him sitting by himself. See, like, there it is. <laughs> Damn, that is a sad <laughs> sight. Wow. Yeah. He has a poster that says Tate, Ted DiBiase and Virgil, but it's only Virgil. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how do we how do we tie this into <laughs> the monsters? Uh, we, well, we don't. I mean. Uh... I, I don't know. Uh, we are talking about the monsters. I'll, oh, listen, you, so I watched that Mockingbird pilot right before. Right. Hold on, before before we yeah. move on to that one, because you okay. asked me about the score, right? Um, the score, Woman King. Well, Woman King, yeah, it has ninety nine percent and uh, ninety four um, real reviews, I guess, which is just, mm-hmm. just you, you you already know. But this type of movie is not. No one's brave enough to. Only um, Al, Almer, what is it? Almond White? No, what's his name? Armand White. But listen, even Armand White. White is not legit. Sometimes Armand White, I think, admitted at some point that he sometimes he does not actually watch the movies. Oh. So okay. you can't really fully buy everything. I think you know he's he knows what he's doing. I mean, I think he's wrong 85 percent of the time. I just like that he just goes against whatever the mm-hmm. narrative usually is. But well, he got yeah, kicked was... out of uh, the New York Film Critics Society or, or some, some like prestigious group because he was the one negative review on Toy Story three ten ten mm-hmm. years ago. Right, more That's than ten years one. ago. Jesus, that was like twenty two thousand nine two thousand ten. Wow. But yeah, two. Oh, another thing too. Let me let me just pull up another big movie. See, because um, it's very difficult for me to believe that these reviews are legit. When the the Tomatometer ones, it's 192 reviews. Audience 
20 plus 2500 verified ratings from audience that got it to 99 percent um i don't know anyway monsters yeah monsters how's monsters doing the monsters only have a little bit over 250 ratings and mm-hmm. it's got a 37 percent audience score 41 percent credits critics 41 from critics yeah which is i mean that's surprising to me I think if you if you watch it as like a kids movie then you know it's not terrible but I wouldn't watch it again uh no, it's apparently an hour an hour 50 uh yeah. which is a ridiculous runtime for a movie that has zero plot and zero stakes and zero you know uh, setbacks for the characters at all um but yeah I I don't know I I feel like this was a bad idea right from the start and uh the 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 way it was it was made also I don't know I I I think they they got what they were gonna get by producing something like this I think unless you're gonna try and do an emulation of that 1950s or 60s uh, series you're just gonna come up short every time I mean even yeah. doing that you know I understand why someone wouldn't want to do that because that already exists there's no point in trying to like repeat that but that's just so baked into the formula of the series and what like people's cultural uh, like uh, memory of that is. And if you try to do anything like the characters themselves are knockoffs of the popular. I mean, they're not universal, universal characters. They're different books and all that. But right. we know them as the universal characters. So you, you're, you're already taking that. So you might as well just like do something different if you're going to put it in color and have all this con- like. It, that fish out of water element, which this movie does not have, no. um, which is another kind of weird thing. But I, I didn't mind that so much. Um, it, it, it's going to be pointless. It's going to render it pointless. Um, so th- this is obviously not the first time that they've tried to reboot the monsters. About every 15 years, it seems like they make an attempt, probably just to keep the property name. We've already uh, taken a look at the reboot series from the 80s with that really bad Herman Munster who is uh you know we thought he was ethnically ambiguous uh but no he's actually just a white guy he wasn't black or Asian just a white guy um and then they did one in the the 90s and they did a couple of like tv movies with um some relatively famous well-known actors like the whoever the guy who played the villain in the Lost Boys was played Herman Munster at one point so they do all this doesn't really work and um then they just put it back into retirement for another 15 years and say, all right, well, maybe we'll throw it back in the microwave and it'll come out fresh this time. Now, uh, I did ask you to watch Mockingbird Lane mm. because I watched it. And just to so we can get a, a different idea of what modern monsters would be like. Uh, what do you think of that? I think it's like 45 minute pilot, I think it is. Uh, it was I mean. The standard television episode is only 42 minutes if it's an hour long. So I, I, full disclosure, I enjoyed Hannibal when it was on the air. And I think Hannibal started in what, like 2013? Something like that. Maybe it was 2012. But I doubt this was the same year as Hannibal. I mean, they liked Brian Fuller at the time. He had a show that got canceled prematurely. I think it was like, I think it was called Pushing Up Daisies. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Pushing Daisies. Pushing Daisies. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... They gave him the opportunity to reboot the monsters 
and he came up with Mockingbird Lane, which was a failed pilot with Jerry O'Connell and Eddie Izzard and um, Portia. Portia de Rossi. Yeah. Yeah. I watched this right before the show tonight, and uh, I thought, all right, this is very Brian Fuller. Also, directed by Brian Singer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. at, his, at the height of, of his powers, at right? the height of his power, <laughs> a lot of older man, young boy engagements in this Mockingbird Lane pilot. I noticed. Yeah, that was what X Men Brian Singer. Uh, I think he had just come back and done X Men: The Last Stand. Let me see. No, X-Men actually, United no. That might have been twenty fifteen or sixteen, right? It was after. It was twenty twelve. Uh, Valkyrie. He made a movie called Valkyrie in two thousand eight, and then the next thing he did was Mockingbird Lane, Jack the Giant Slayer, Slayer and then X Men: uh, Days of Future Past. So it wasn't between X Men movies, I guess. Right. He took one off because First Class came out, and that was. Um, the guy who did Kingsman, right? I think and so. that was that was successful after X Men Three kind of flopped. That was not Brian Singer. That was uh, McGee. Brett. Brett no, Ratner. Brett Ratner. Yeah. Brett Ratner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, then he eventually came back for Days of Future Past. Oh, are you excited about Hugh Jackman going back to the well because he isn't being cast in anything else? <laughs> Why do you think he's tired of being in Broadway musicals at, as a fifty-something-year-old? I mean, what else does he have to do? He's not like a, not a talented guy, but his range is not. He, it's not there. I mean, he was good in Les Mis. He could sing. Oh, he was good in uh, Enemy. That's the last good performance that I remember from him. When he played I didn't even know dad. he was in that movie. The, the Denny Villeneuve film? Yeah, is it, isn't he the. Oh, yeah, Prisoners. He's the. Prisoners. The main, the main dad, remember? The guy that's looking for someone that took his kid. That's right. Yeah, you said enemy. Oh, you say enemy. You gotta be all okay. confused Prisoners. here. Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't think he was. An well, enemy at all. listen, <laughs> Mockingbird Lane. I didn't like, but I didn't dislike it either. For like a TV show pilot, it was fine, uh, but it didn't feel monsters to me. And they, I mean, it it, it was like a, a, you know what it felt like? It felt like Brian Fuller was really excited to have Eddie Izzard on the set, and was like, why don't yeah. we just give Eddie Izzard a show? Why don't we just let Eddie Izzard uh, be the star of this show. It's supposed to be you, Jerry O'Connell, but you're kind of boring and stupid. So we're just going to keep you in the background, and uh, it's going to be all Eddie Izzard. I, I probably liked it better just because I had just watched The Monsters. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, wow, these characters have development, and they all have their own thing going, and and uh, they have their own scenes where they talk about things that are not related to the, to the main plot. So that was refreshing uh but i i didn't like the herman because he wasn't herman it was just a skinny guy just a hunk yeah <laughs> yeah and uh i did enjoy eddie Izzard, but i I, ju- I like him as just that sassy you know older you know we don't know if he is gayish or if he's not yeah 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 uh and uh i did like some of the the uh the way that they implemented all things from the show uh, like there's a there's a bit where um, uh, the blonde girl whose name I'm forgetting right now the Marilyn Marilyn yeah uh, she is whistling the theme song to a couple of crows and then 
the song goes from her whistling to the background that plays at the beginning of the episode. So I was like, okay, little touches like that I appreciate, even though, like you said, it doesn't really feels like a feel like a monster uh, show. But uh, I have seen a couple of episodes of Pushing Daisies, and it felt very much like an episode of that. Mm. The visual style of it and the writing. Uh, so then, you know, afterwards I looked it up, and I was like, okay, it makes sense that it's the same writer because it did feel like like one of those episodes but uh yeah I, I thought it was fine i i kind of uh i don't know if i would be interested in a full series of that uh successful uh it would be i think around that time is when they were also doing like a wizard of oz series i think it was hbo that did a, a wizard of oz series uh and sci-fi it was around that time was sci-fi, it sci-fi? It, yeah uh Tin which Man. had like a yeah, I think I think that's what it was called, uh, and which had had a similar, you know, uh, we're using these characters, but they don't really look like you expect them to look. They're a little bit more modernized and and around, you know, what TV was doing at the time. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I it was fine. It didn't drag. I don't think uh, I liked their house. That was cool, <laughs> and uh, and uh, some of the like gory bits looked good uh i was expecting it to look shitty because of this effects of the time and even that dragon at the end i was like that's fine you know it's not the, the it's only not thing jarring, that you know? stuck out to me as far as the visual effects is when uh herman and eddie are on the rooftop and it's very yeah. clearly like a cg sky behind them uh aside from that it, it looked fine and especially you know uh eddie izzard you know he has like this night fl- you ever see uh the hbo movie with Miguel Ferreira, The Night Flyer, which was based on a Stephen King short story. No. He's got kind of a vampirish uh, appearance in uh, in the end of this Mockingbird Lane pilot when he's like trying to spook Marilyn's boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't mind that. I thought that kind of looked neato. This thing? Yeah. No, I've never seen it. looks cool. I bet it's not. Damn. I, I wish I had just one big tooth. <laughs> Life would be so yeah. stress free. Uh yeah. I so bet this it's is... shitty, right? It's bad, isn't it? It's it's not no, it's not bad. Um it's but it's also been like twenty years since I've watched it, so it might be bad. Don't take my my opinion on that as the defining opinion on the, the film. It could be bad. But I remember it being alright. Yeah, that's something that I wasn't expecting. A naked vampire Eddie Izzard trying to eat a man at the end it's a little <laughs> it looked like a like, like a buffy villain you know yeah that's a good comparison to make yeah 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 i guess so yeah see my my thing is i wouldn't have watched this series but uh oh. for a pilot i think it's fine and for what it is i i you know i probably would have preferred this be the, the hour and 50 minute movie as opposed to what R- rob zombie came up with yeah i agree I did enjoy myself more watching this. Now, it also took me back to you know 2012 when this type of shows were on. Mm-hmm. I don't even I don't even know what's on anymore. You know there is something to that where I had a similar reaction when I was watching that and I was kind of like, huh, oh yeah, there's no message, there's no thing that they're beating you over the head with. I mean it's not good, but it's like I can relax, I can yeah. I can just rest my brain while I'm watching this. Um, which is, I think, what a lot of those... That was the purpose of TV shows, for I mean, aside from selling soap and detergent and shit. Right. Um, but Escape. yeah, I mean, it was supposed to just, like, p- 
put you to sleep. Now it's like, well, you know, I've been watching the new Survivor and uh, we talked about it before, but like all the sob stories, wham, 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 my mom died, my father, he was a drunk, he was shitting everywhere and I had to clean it up. Oh, I'm the first gangster Latino to graduate from Harvard. I was in a gang and now I'm a doctor. I'm a trans man and oh, I just got kicked out because I was doing drugs. <laughs> That's what happened, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and it, it's just it's everywhere. It's nonstop. I, you know, I've been watching. Um, what have you watched lately? I have uh, currently pulled up, and this will make for a good clip for the YouTube channel. I have pulled up right now the uh, the list of older films that I've watched this year, and I've been watching a lot of older stuff recently. A lot of newer stuff too. I just watched Blonde. I'm going to save my opinion for. I mean, my opinion is out there. If you follow me on social media. Laura's WB on Twitter, patreon.com slash Laura's. But we're doing a show next week with um, the the man formerly known as uh, Blowergeist, who we have not had on the show before. Uh, he runs Apocalypse Confidential, the, mm. the literary magazine, and he uh, is a, a good pal of our friend of the show, Brendan. Okay, cool. For, for so we're going to... Someone that does something I kind of know. <laughs> that yes. rarely ever happens. That's cool. Uh, are we going to do the Johnny Depp Amber Heard movie? I hope so. I would love. <laughs> I'm probably gonna watch that when we're off tonight. I was like, when I saw the trailer to that. Uh, first of all, as soon as I saw the thumbnail, I got excited. I was like, Should we watch the trailer right now? Yeah, let's do it. Let's all let's right. pull this up. So the first thing I noticed, and this is something to keep an eye for, is in this trailer. The establishing shot of Los Angeles is also, I believe, I believe it's found in Ralph the Movie Maker's Lover, which is in black and white and a substitute for Boston, as if Boston. I own this 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 clip. I have it because I had um, a premium stock footage website uh, subscription, and that was a very popular one. But it's like low grade footage. It's not, like it's it's dark. It's choppy. Bad but quality. Uh, yeah. Oh wait, shut the sound. I don't think I should. I swear this was in Lover. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was something very similar. But I really do think it was this shot specifically. I mean, I guess we'll never know because I'm not paying for that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> this shot, this thing we're looking at right now. I'm looking at your desktop right now, That's... which is a cool Blade Runner style backdrop there. I hope you didn't have anything damaging that I'm going to have to edit out of the show now. Yeah, I probably did. Oh, boy. <laughs> there. All right, here, here we go again. Let's take a look. This is hot take. And uh, hold on. The one thing I also don't like here is hot take is the title. The Depp Heard Trial is the subtitle. It makes me think that they're going to come out with a series mm -hmm. where it's like hot take R. Kelly. Hot take ah. the Roseanne Barr firing. Hot, you know, but we'll see. I'm very, uh, very open to checking this out. Let's see. All rise. Court is now in session. Miss Heard has defamed Mr. Depp by calling him an abuser. Look, man, look what she said about me. It's day one of the Depp versus Heard defamation trial. Though the fans are showing support for both sides, there's clearly they a did her here. wrong. By the way, with this older woman that they cast as her. Yeah, she's a little withered out. You know, I was, I, you know, this guy kind of reminds me of uh, 
you know, Diamond Jim. Do you want to just type in Diamond Jim real quick? Um, <laughs> this is, no, this that? is not the right guy. That's Jim. That's Jim uh, Diamond Jim. Uh, Diamond Jim, Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. There you go. That is oh, okay. that's essentially yeah, think... the Johnny Depp in this movie as well. <laughs> yeah, very Mexican. Very not. <laughs> what is he? What is Johnny Depp? Is he like he or... is white? That's all. Oh, he not... likes the you know claim yeah, Native American heritage. That's not true. Oh my God! Was that supposed to be TikTok? Look at this. Oh, mm. Depp Queen. Dollar sign. Dollar sign. Dollar sign. Hashtag Amber Lies, hashtag op-ed. Borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder. Another one with James Franco? And just him too. This is not life. No one should have to go through this. I'm so tired of this. I can't keep doing it. This the depth voice true. really does it. He's horrible, yeah. <laughs> it's so impersonator. It's like barely trying. Your Honor, may we introduce the next tape? what's next uh, is this a great great part <laughs> production to just like my son <laughs> hunter <laughs> oh man this is gonna rule this is gonna be great if this if this is a fun watch we should do it for civic tv i think absolutely is it out yeah it it dropped tonight so we're recording this on september 30th go check out tubi if you want to go watch hot take the depp herd trial what should be only for you know oh i think it's blocked for me because i'm not american i'm oh, sure it'll be up shame. on yts.mx <laughs> very soon very um, soon yeah uh, i don't know have you watched anything decent recently as far as like older things go uh i was pulling my letterbox for that reason i completely forgot i don't uh i don't think i've liked anything that i've liked recent that i've watched recently uh Men Behind the Sun. That was cool. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't even heard of that. It's uh, a movie about uh, China and Japan and the atrocities that the Chinese did to the Japanese. So it's very graphic. Um, and uh, it's cool. It's Chinese. And uh, that, that was... I was a little bit surprised by how graphic it is, uh, especially because it's from 19... What is it? 88. Uh but yeah, it's 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 very jarring and graphic, so I I enjoy that. Besides that, uh, nope, nope. <laughs> I <laughs> nope, got a three star for nope. Yeah, uh, Elvis. Well, that's a newer movie. No, you know what I watched? I, I watched I watched the uh, so I watched You Were Never Really Here Again, and I thought that movie holds up. And then I got recommended a little film called Come On, Come On, from last year mm -hmm. with Joaquin Phoenix. And uh, the ugly Adam Driver sister from Girls, and uh, I'm really tired of this genre of family film, where it's like I'm th I'm 37, I don't know how to how to take care of my kids. I'm a kid, and I'm trying to talk to the kid like he's an adult, but he's yelling at me. He's talking to his Funko Pop. Yeah. <laughs> his therapy is a Funko Pop that he's talking to. <laughs> uh, just really obnoxious shit. Uh, it, you know, and it got good reviews. Joaquin's good. When isn't he good? Yeah. You know, but that doesn't make for a good film. I uh, I watched a film called 
the girl and the wooden horse torture. And this just turned out to be old porn. I didn't realize that. Oh, it turned nice. Out. But uh, it was like a period, and there was a shitting scene, and I was like, what the fuck? Is people <laughs> like this in the 80s? Wow. Um, Job's World. Job's World was on nobudge.com, and um, that I checked out because it had, like, a guy from Scary 61st, and it. it had Owen Klein, the director of Funny Pages, and mm. um, offspring of Kevin Klein and Phoebe Cates. That was okay. Uh, Amateur, the Hal Hartley film, didn't really like that. Star is Born, the John Peters produced version from the late 70s that Elvis turned down unwisely. Barbara Streisand, uh, mixed bag on that one, especially since like the last 10 minutes are her just performing a con. It's very self indulgent. Uh, Swingers, did you ever see Swingers with Vince Vaughn and John Favreau? Still holds up. Well, what do you mean by holds up? It's a, listen, it's, it's the same funny? thing. If, it's the same thing as like if you were alive back then, then you can understand why people are acting this way and delivering these lines and doing all this. Right. And if you weren't, then it's bad. So okay. I was able to enjoy Swingers. Uh, Holidays, which Kevin Smith did a short film for with Harley Mortensen as the star mm-hmm. and his daughter. About cam girls. Horrible. Weird. What? So his daughter plays a cam girl. Yep. What's wrong with this man? I don't know. <laughs> um, I understand you want to give her work, but Jesus Christ! Uh, I saw this movie called Fiend from 1980 that has really cool special effects and uh, starring like a, a long lost uncle from you. This guy. This guy? Oh this yes. Guy. Yeah. That's that was that's actually my grandfather. I used to call him Papuli when I was a boy. Yeah, it has really cool, like all these shitty uh, effects. So I, I enjoyed that one. That was that was fun. And then I watched this thing called a Rementary, which is in Basque, which is a language in Spain. Uh it had really cool visuals too. The story was fine, but I think it's on Netflix. Uh and I was, you know, not expecting anything weird or anything cool looking but visually it's really interesting so that uh, that would be probably my two kind of well this one's old this one's from 2017 uh but besides that i haven't really been you know delving into anything old what prompted that one that was a very androgynous looking child for the for the cover art was that a boy i was or just girl? Just going through Netflix and I saw the cover and it looked cool. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, a, a weird European sounding name. Let's try this. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, the, the, maybe the, like, the one pretty good thing that I've watched was The Working Class Goes to Heaven, which was from the same director as uh, Investigation of a Citizen Above Suspicion. That's a foreign film. That's an Italian mm-hmm. film from the 70s, which was pretty funny, I thought. Um, you know what was bad? was the bad Santa movies. I really had higher really? expectations for those. Um, didn't do it for me. Actually, you know what? I I think I might have, until the ending anyway, I might have liked Bad Santa 2 more than Bad Santa. I never I thought it was one. funnier. Uh, did you like uh, Bad Santa when it first came out? Yeah, but I was also a kid. So like, you, yeah. you rented that movie, and it was like, 
this is just a dirty movie. We're not supposed yeah. to be watching. So it was, it was the same thing with Clerks too. So you watch Bad Santa, the unrated DVD, which meant something when you were like 12 years old. Yeah. Um, and then Clerks too, which was like, oh, did you hear there's a donkey show in it? You know, ooh, <laughs> it's, it's dirty. You're not supposed to watch it. Um, and uh, I, I remember just losing, I didn't even realize it was like a robbery movie. I thought it was just like, oh, yeah, he's just a drunk, and that's the movie for 90 minutes. Right. He's a bad guy. Um, I, I I thought Bernie Mac was fine. Mm -hmm. I thought the little midget guy was fine. Um, yeah. I thought it was kind of a mess of a movie. Billy Bob Thornton was all right, but uh, he's better in Bad Santa 2. The, the thing that, that is wrong with Bad Santa 2, though, is what if it's Bad Santa but with a woman? Now, I don't mind it so much because the woman happens to be his mom as Kathy Bates, but like the her dialogue's horrible. Also, a lot of racist jokes in Bad Santa 2. In 2016, I was like, did he just say some Asian racial slurs? Did he just say the N-word in 2016? Yeah. I was like, wow. wow. All right. Well, they clearly made this before before uh, the election. <laughs> this is uh, this is a surprise. Yeah, I might have to check it out now. Yes, just a recommendation. Yeah, say slurs. Aside from that, yeah, it's been kind of uh, junk. But yeah, I, uh, Blonde. I mean, again, we'll get into Blonde kind of, uh, next week. But I was impressed with this movie. I can't believe the discourse about this film online. It really shows how how much Disney has like damaged mm -hmm. adult brains, and I'm not. I'm not even I'm not exaggerating whatsoever in saying that there's nothing really controversial about this movie. There are so many movies that warranted the NC-17 rating or an unrated or whatever. This would be a standard rated R film if it was released in 1996, if it was released in 2007. There's nothing crazy about Blonde. Um and the, the sort of like reaction that's occurred from film critics too. This is getting raked over the coals by legitimate film critics. And the audience score is even lower uh, yeah. because it's, it's in uh, poor taste. It's, that's the, 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 it's 43 right now and then 33 audience score. There, listen, there, there, you, uh, there are plenty of legitimate criticisms to be made about the movie if it just isn't to one person's uh, liking as far as like the form of it. Um, the performances are, are more than fine. They're very good. But this is uh, like all the negative reviews, all the negative criticism are entirely about the fact that they see it as exploitative. Yeah. Which, I mean, f maybe it is. Maybe it's explo it exploits the Marilyn Monroe name because it's all based on a novel by jo Joyce Carol Oates. A lot of people don't know that, which is, to what I know, a work of fiction. Maybe she just labeled it a work of fiction to avoid getting sued by the estates of, like, Monroe and Charlie Chaplin Jr. and Edward G. JFK. Robinson Jr. Um, JFK forcing her to... Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're dealing with, like, a number of people who are, like, powerful even in death. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know about the legitimacy of the book. It could be entirely a work of fiction. I have no idea. But as a movie, you know, it does something that isn't hidden figures. 
and all of the discourse about this that I've seen is this should have been why didn't you why didn't you focus on her her helping persons of color why yeah. didn't you mention she started her own production company or railed against anti-communist discrimination like fuck you like who are you, who are you to say what the movie should be about you want more generic bland shit again if it's not hidden figures to them it fucking it's an error it's yeah. wrong. It's incorrect. And I just can't fa like it's you don't like movies. You don't like art. You, you like you I don't know. I'm getting frustrated in my brain is like bottlenecking well, I, and I'm not coming I'm, out coherent now. I'm reading some of these reviews and yeah, it has nothing to do with the filmmaking. It's all about like who well, is ghoulishly obsessed with her pregnancies. Uh uh Wow, God, God forbid a woman should regret having yeah. an abortion or be sad about her miscarriage. Wow, a yeah. woman in the 50s was sad that she couldn't have a family? <laughs> you don't fucking say. You don't show that. Why would you show that? Don't show that. Why, Why would you abortion show is powerful. Don't you know it's yeah. powerful? It saves lives. It doesn't damage lives. Also, it's very confusing to me that uh, some people are complaining about, you know, you're not going deep enough to know who the real Marilyn is. But as soon as you show her not being the image that was presented of her, then it's like, how dare you show this side? And it's like, well, what what the fuck do you want? Yeah, do it, you... It, she's portrayed as a very multifaceted person in that she is she's like an angelic whore, right? Which maybe she was. She's yeah. got a very sweet side, but also a very mentally ill side. And she's also willing to use her body to further herself, which she did. And we know yeah. she did. Yeah. So, I, you know, to focus on like, maybe she should just be a powerful, a generic, powerful. Maybe she should be D Daisy Ridley from the Star Wars. Movie. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Um, and that's so tiresome. And this is why maybe Americans aren't like well-equipped anymore to be handling this type of film because the good biopics that have come out in like the past five years are from Australian people. This was uh, directed by Andrew Dominic who did Chopper and uh, Killing Them Softly hmm. and the assassination of um, Jesse James by the coward James. Robert Ford. And then we had the Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie, which is a safer movie, but yeah. um, still well done. But, uh, you know, we'll get into that with Blower Guys next week. I just, I, it's just been, oh, it's been so annoying to me to see, uh, you know, Twitter is one thing. But to see that mentality seep into legitimate critics and people who are taken legitimately is, um, it's wild. But it's also something about people that complain so i'm there's one review right now uh that says in case you didn't grasp the sledgehammer message monroe was exploited and her life was sad it's like okay well if that was the case again you, you're saying I, I didn't even know that it was uh based on like a fiction or like a book not her biography i guess mm -hmm. but what's wrong with showing that her life was sad yeah <laughs> you know like what's wrong with her making her a more complex character than the image that was portrayed by everyone and i have a, a theory uh because you you did uh tell me on dms that uh the monsters were getting a better uh rating that than blonde yeah they and are. it's because of look at the fans right who's a marilyn monroe fan 
you have to be in your 50s right a, a, a female in your 50s that probably either wanted to be her or wanted to be her friend or you know that 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 idolizing of this beautiful woman that existed before her time uh <laughs> that makes sense like she's ancient but monsters just want to see the goofy monsters on screen right I feel like a lot of people are taking this movie very personally, and I don't understand that, um, mm. especially when it's portraying things that supposedly did happen to her. So the fact that the director chose to to portray them in such a bleak way—I haven't seen it yet—but as you're saying, like it, when it's sad, it's sad, and it's bleak and, and dark, and and uh, it's not always just butterflies and, and rainbows because that's not what her life was uh even though i don't know that much about her life i know that you know she it wasn't a um happiness from the start like she didn't get everything she wanted and i'm sure that in the what was it 50s 40s whatever uh you know women were still not treated uh properly i guess she was still treated as you know you're this beautiful woman and we don't want to hear you you just that image right yeah so the fact that he's able to show another side and yeah she's suffering and you know what she's going through uh some deeply emotional things that you're showing on screen how is that a bad thing like how is that a criticism of the movie do you want to just show what clips of her playing scenes from the movies that she made where she always played a very similar you know blonde character like for what what's the point of putting that out they wanted her to be uh furiosa from mad max that's what they wanted. And they wouldn't have accepted anything less than that. She needed to be a powerful woman who was struck down. And in reality, no, she was kind of a soft mess. And that that's what's portrayed in the film. And Andrew Dominic, the way that he directed it, felt very Twin Peaks. It felt very fire walk with me. And I thought that was interesting and uh, a very different way to handle someone's essentially what is supposed to be a biography, even if it might be on uh, based on a work of fiction. So to rewind a little bit, Monsters is currently at 2.6 on Letterboxd. Blonde is at 2.3. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's getting very few five-star reviews, four-star. So it's not just being bombed, review bombed, right? Uh, people just don't seem to be warming to it. Um, and I, it, it comes around to this criticism that, yeah, when you have all those aspects, they don't like that to boot. But when you also show nudity, when you're showing her breasts and you're showing her engaged in sex and sex she's not really, en- I mean, some of it she's enjoying, other parts of it she's not enjoying, the people she she gets along with best, um, like her her like per- like her one person, her love is Charlie Chaplin Jr., who's just a dark piece of shit. And uh, she's married to Joe DiMaggio, who, aside from a couple of beatings, is portrayed as like a decent guy. And um, Adrian Brody, who plays uh, Arthur Miller, the playwright, uh, also portrayed as a very decent guy. But she's not really thinking about like she's hung up on Chaplin Jr. And he's just so dark. He's not a he's like, a. I don't know. We'll talk about it next week. I'm really using all my energy on this episode, so it's going to be rough going. But um, (laughs) yeah, when you have all that and you have her like getting pounded out by a studio executive, getting fucked by Edward G. Robinson while while Chaplin Jr. is just taking a peek, watching from the corner, just like, huh, cool. Um, And then, uh, you know, you, you have other instances, too, where it's like it ranges from negative to 
enjoyment and it's not just pure victim they can't handle that complexity and they it, respond poorly to it and i guess it's because we celebrate you know flawed characters in this show so maybe we're expecting something different but that just makes her more interesting to me the fact that it's a range of emotions other than just i don't know having a scene where an elderly uh um Marilyn punches Harvey Weinstein or something, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is what she some needed of those a people would have liked. Yeah. Later on, after taking the agreement where she's going to bend over the desk, where she chews him out and really tells it like it is, because you know that would happen in 1953. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she would stand up and say, "You know what? I'm going to be treated like I should be," and then she gets beat the fuck up. Gosh uh, darn it! I'm a starlet, and I'm not going <laughs> to accept this treatment. Yeah. Sure. Um, and, and like you said, uh, just going through this review is just reading just very quickly. Blonde is only interested in an examination of pain and suffering. What's wrong with that? How is that a negative criticism? It's impossible to see in any way how this movie comes from a place of love. Why does it ha have to come from it doesn't a place of love? Yes. All right. So uh, th this is something that, um, Jack said on not the perfume nationalist but uh some he he guest started on some show where he was talking about carrie and um he said that people in this generation like millennials and gen z don't see that sort of negativity as a like an artistic choice they see it as like an issue like bad acting or bad sound design or something like that i feel like this is a clear example of that where they can't rack it in their brain that someone would aim to make that the experience. It's not supposed right. to just go one way. Like they've been bombarded with Disney. Mm -hmm. Disney is what wins the box office. Things that are like Disney win the box office. They've gotten used to one type of movie. And if there's a biopic, it's gonna be that like, eight, I mean, I don't think actually A24 has put out that many biopics or any biopics, but when we say A24, there's a vibe to that. There's an expectation. People like A24 because there's a uniform and mm -hmm. you know what to expect. Criterion Collection, to these people on Letterboxd and Twitter and all these other websites, that's just the MCU for art films. They like it because there's a uniform. There's an expect, you know, it's part of something greater and it right. all fits into this. So even if it sticks out and it's unique in its own right, it's still part of the grand, grand design. Um, they want an expectation. If that expectation's not met, it's a mistake. Well, do you think that's why also when they remade Carrie, they had to make it her pretty and not like like a little weirdo ginger girl? Like, uh, what's her name from the original one? Um, Sissy Spacek. Yeah, who's not... I mean, she's not... I wouldn't say she's hideous, but no, she's, she's... homely. She was she, homely yeah, in the 70s. It, and that was a point of the character, too, that she was rejected because she looked like that and she was kind of a weirdo, right? You have to and believe you... she would be bullied, yeah. Right, and then you get Chloe Moretz for the mm. remake, and he's like, really, this is the girl that everyone's going to be making fun of because she's ugly? I didn't understand that at all. I, I, I didn't yeah. finish that movie. I don't know what they do with the ending. I just watched like 20 minutes, and I was like, there's no point in watching this. But it feels like that was also one of those cases of, well, we're not going to cast an ugly person that you're going to feel sorry for, right? So it has to be a beautiful girl that's mistreated because, I don't know, her hair is messed up. 
uh, and uh, and then you know she takes revenge, but it's earned because she's pretty and she'll not be treated bad because she's pretty. You know, it's yeah. like a, a little bit of that complexity of again the flawed character that I guess we find more interesting that seems to be lost now. Uh, it's very difficult to find a movie where the a flawed character that's not perfect or that's not you know ticking boxes of, of to how they act and how they react to different types of people at different situations that they're in where everything is the right attitude right or the right thing they say and uh that's just kind of gone from from movies now mm -hmm. and it, you so know a, a big thing that overlaps too and not to get political on this show is that a lot of people who make these same comments are also in favor of things like um prison reform and and you know they have the, all these ideas of like we you know we need more empathy not more suffering and it's like you you're able to reconcile that there's gray in a person who can like stab a woman to death and go to prison and that he deserves you know he deserves justice too <laughs> You know, he should be let out on the street after 24 to 48 hours. If he can't pay his bail, that's only fair because the wealthy shouldn't benefit from that. Even though the whole idea is we have something of yours we're holding on to. So you have to come back to court. They yeah. can they can rack that in their head, but they won't watch a movie like Blonde and be able to see that, you know, this is this is the intent. And she's a complex character. In despair. I just it, feel <laughs> despair. And it's also, again so what do you want you want everyone to just be perfect then so so it's just revisionist history where everyone that existed in the past in a different time where people acted and spoke differently uh and dealt with different things that we deal with now no everything just needs to have modern sensibilities and everyone's inspiring and everyone hey they had a great time you know her husband beat her up but you know what she kept putting her thumbs up and smiling <laughs> to the camera and it's like well, why would you want that i don't it's it's very like you said disney washed and very yeah. you know always a happy ending and and everything is always you know let's just be kind it's like that's not i don't know this maybe the world was a little darker you know when we didn't know about things as quickly as you know the internet lets you know about what's going on now yeah uh so uh it, it's very confusing to me that's uh the biggest fans of this person want like the most milk toast representation of who she was so they can be happy. Well, I don't, I mean, like the thing is too, I think a lot of these people weren't fans and aren't fans, but they talk themselves into, well, you know, I guess I kind of like Marilyn Monroe. And this was, this was unjust for Andrew Dominic to make this film. It's a lot of like convincing yourself. It's a bigger problem than it is. Um, you know, you you see it every single day with people of any flavor of politic. Like people are very worked up about Lizzo playing James Madison's fucking flute. Like they knew James Madison had had a crystal flute or whatever it was, <laughs> fucking ten days ago. Like you know, it, it's all senseless shit. Um, unfortunately, a film is getting uh, you know. A beating over it but it wouldn't be the first time that uh, a movie i do think people will come around to it mm. you know assuming things work out in the end with this experiment of a country and um i mean it, there's plenty of instances of films that uh got a hard time upon release and uh, eventually won over audiences the thing it's a wonderful life you know, the list goes on. People will eventually come around to notice what's quality and what is not quality. 
do you think a lot of that reaction has to do with uh, what came out, I think it was last week, uh, of them saying that uh, she regrets doing the nude scenes because now the nude scenes are going to be posted everywhere or whatever. Uh, they're because, not even sexy. Look, it's yeah, like they're... it's still photography for the most part. It's like her giving pictures out to her mentally ill mother. Like there, there was nothing especially sexy that happens in in Blonde. Um, so I think I don't even like I would dismiss that. I don't even think she means that. She was probably just told to say that. It reminds me of when Timothy Chalamet worked with Woody Allen on A Rainy Day in New York. And then um, when they decided, you know, we're going to go after Woody Allen again for like the ninth time. And this time it might work. Mm -hmm. um, he had to issue an apology saying, ah, I regret working with Woody and I'm going to give up my payment. You know what I received his payment to a woman's charity. And then he proceeded to text Woody and say, hey, listen, I I don't mean that. You know, we're good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. And then Woody Allen You're a said, genius. fuck you. I'm going to put it in my book that you texted me that. Oh, shit. Did he? Yeah, okay, he did. So that came out. That hasn't impacted Timothy at all, but uh, that's fine. Um, yeah, they, that's just something they do. If you're a big enough star, and Anna de Armas is a big enough star, you know, you're going to be required to make some sort of comment. Because it's, it's not really going to do anything, I think, in terms of impacting the viewership of the movie. And the movie has been a roaring success as far as Netflix goes. Uh, it's number one most watched film on that platform. So, I don't know. We'll get into more of that next week yeah. with Blower Guys. <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched it. I'm sure I have. Yeah, I'm curious to, to get. You might not like it. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, well see how I really it goes. Like, it's no I really monsters. Like, I really like his visual style, though. So, I know that at least visually I'd like it because uh, I, I really like couple of those movies that he's made um dominic what's his name uh dominic i don't Dunn. care don't care about her or her story or anything i've never been a, a fan obviously because i'm not 87 years old uh close but not a rockabilly know, it, it, girl it, it, or a, a pinup fan yeah it missed me it missed me by like 40 years uh <laughs> you know that that the hype of that but uh yeah i'll, I'll be i i think i'll i'll I'm not come like I wasn't going to watch it honestly because again I don't I don't care but I'm curious by your reaction to it and everyone else's reaction because like I said those reviews that I was reading nothing really talks about the filmmaking nothing really talks about the quality of the movie it's all about oh this is very sad mm -hmm. or oh this is a sad portrayal or this is you know not coming from a place of love which is why would you even consider that as a criticism of a movie that doesn't make any fucking sense to me but yeah i'll i'll, uh, I'll have to check it out even if i'm really put off by the almost three hour run yeah, i know you're gonna have to break it up over like four <laughs> nights now here's the good thing about blonde is that i you know if you're I would have preferred to see this movie in the theater because it's very visually interesting. And I like the cutting between color and black and white and, and just like the the different, the style that, that he employed for the film. But uh, if you're watching it on Netflix, I don't think anything is going to be lost in having to pause and pick it up another day or a couple of hours later or anything like that. It's a, it's a long movie. Uh, I got through it all in one sitting, but... Um, I don't th again I don't think anything will be lost from that. Yeah, it's not it's not like a um from what I I'm getting it's it's like snapshots of stories of things that happened, right? It's not like a timeline of maybe a couple of months that happened, it's just throughout her life, right? 
Yeah, it covers um, it covers you, but maybe like what well, we start at the beginning and uh, her childhood and her relationship with her mother, and then we cut ahead to her being a star and like the fifteen year period between her taking off and uh, dying. So, hmm. like I said, very very uh, Twin Peaks, very Laura Palmer, very uh, Fire Walk with Me. So, uh, I enjoyed. That also, um, just to get off of uh, this movie, Blonde, I did watch another film. It was directed by a woman, and I thought it was great. And that movie is called Watcher with Megan Monroe and um, this creepy-looking guy who popped up in a ton of films in, like, 2012, 2013, and then disappeared. I think he was in, like, Pacific Rim and Dark Knight Rises. He had a good uh, run of movies around the same time that Ben Mendelsohn was taking off as well. And uh, Ben Mendelsohn stuck around. This guy did not. Is that Carl Guzman? No, 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 no. No, not Louis Guzman of the Adams Family reboot. Which Are you going to check that out since this is a monster show? What, the Wednesday? The Wednesday Adams, Louis Guzman, Catherine Zeta-Jones program? Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm probably not unless we do a show on it. Burn Gorman. Yeah, Burn. What a name, Burn Gorman. Speaking of Burn Gorman, I did some research about that one Marine whose face melted, and uh, his wife was just so put off by him that, like, he killed himself. You see that <laughs> photo? I don't know. Uh, Stained Haynes posted it, and I was like, "What is the backstory on this photo?" And it's a dude who looks like uh, the mayor from Nightmare on christmas nightmare before christmas his face is just flat melted uh apparently he was a big time drug addict and drunk too fell down overdosed hit his head oh shit she was getting plowed by some dude while he was away and she was just like not having the look first of all (laughs) but also being like a heroin addict and a fucking drunk that like listen you're not making it any easier pal yeah, just a burn victim that's also fucked up. Yeah, let's take a look at that real quick. You're looking at it right now, aren't you? I'm trying to look for it. Is that Stain Haynes? No, 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 no. Not, he, he posted it. He's just a Twitter guy. Um, okay. What was his name? name? Marine. I mean, it won like photo of the year, Time Magazine or something. Uh, just write Burnt Marine Wedding Day. Maybe he wasn't Ew. a Marine. I don't know. <laughs> Tyler Ziegel, is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's oh, it. God. Oh, I'm sorry. I know it's insensitive, but that's fucking gross. Uh, <laughs> this Koopa looking guy. Yeah. No, it's the this? top top left. There you go. Damn. Damn. Well, he didn't have much of a face to work with beforehand either, so... That's Tyler's Eagle. Cooper. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yep, that's him. <laughs> uh, people are really missing out if you're not subscribed to patreon.com slash lower as a video component of this program. Damn. Damn. What so life. he was. So, it, oh, God. Yeah, that sucks. That's. Is that Johnny Depp? <laughs> That's yeah from that movie. <laughs> what is it? Heat check. Yeah. Oh man, that's dark. I don't want to make fun of them, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's that's rough. But you know what? 
I don't have anything. I don't. I was gonna say something. I was gonna say something like fuck what, or whatever, but I don't. What, know. what was the Jim Jeffries joke? Uh, that people say that he was burned t until he wasn't recognizable anymore, and he's like, "Have you ever seen a burn victim? They're the most recognizable people in the room." <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I probably butcher that, but yeah, that's well, that's dark. That's you know, I was driving around with Kenny on Christmas Eve. And uh, I remember we hit a red light under a bridge in Brockton. And uh, I looked under the bridge and there was a dude sitting with another guy and uh, he had a hood up and his face was just burnt. It looked, like, it looked like an episode of Spawn. I was like, holy fuck, we gotta get out of here. And we just went through the red light. That was Christmas Eve. Damn, what a Christmas Eve to be living under a bridge and burnt. Yeah, it's Spawn. <sighs> Maybe it was stuff. a real Spawn. Well, it is spooky season, so this the pulling up Tyler's Eagle is very uh, fitting. You know, should we cover some horror movies this month? I feel like we did that last year. Uh, sure. Do you have anything in mind? I was asking. I mean, I'm kind of soft asking you if you, oh, you got shit. any ideas. Uh, what, well, the very some... first, the very first uh, movies Halloween special, episode ten. I want to say me and you and uh, Jacob A. Miller, the cinematologist. We covered Halloween three season of the witch, and I I, uh, I think that was uh, yeah that we were doing a couple of Halloween movies at that time. I feel like uh, it was the David Gordon Green remake, and then maybe the original after that, and then we got into Halloween three. So Halloween three is off the table. Battle Royale is off the table. Audition is off the table. I don't know if we. Yeah. I feel like we've done a lot of horror movies. I don't know if we've done that many though i think we should oh no never mind that's never coming out right uh salem's lot because that's one that i've never seen uh i was trying to find the episode and just went to the apple podcast reviews and it says that the host has a crush on nick mullen when <laughs> uh, yeah someone wrote brings up come town or nick mullen every other episode I no, don't, don't know. <laughs> that just sounds like someone wrote something that wrote something. I, you may be brought up Come Town a couple of times, but like, yeah. we never talk about Come Town on this show. Um, yeah, there's some wacky reviews in there, but uh, as far as horror movies go, I mean, we all the horror movies we've covered recently are 2022 and 2021 films, yeah. right? So modern, yeah. Do you want to do like a Freddy retrospective or something like that? You feel like watching eight movies of the same thing of two, uh, good, maybe two you know, or three good ones. I, I've seen those movies so many times. I could probably do that just fresh off the top of my head. But I maybe I, I don't know. That would be so, if we're going to do a full series. I feel like that would be something to do or plan for long in advance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know what old horror movie I haven't seen that I could. Maybe we could do stuff like that more obscure older stuff like the they we ever do this stuff yeah you you uh covered as co uh or as host On, this was like right before you joined the show full time uh you and jake did an episode oh, on the stuff yeah. i think that was episode 31. was that for this or was that for the his show no there's that was for this well there's my memory again okay so uh because we did uh street trash on Civic, right? That's right. That's not really... I mean, would you consider that a horror movie? No, I guess a little. 
No, not really. It's a, it's a little violent, but it's more goofy, I think, mm. than than horror. So I don't know. We'll uh, we'll figure that out off mic, I guess. Um, I'm down yeah. for uh, for Salem's Lot, but I think we should do like a compre. I would want to do something a little bigger than just like a one-off episode on the original movie. Um, well, yeah. If if anyone has suggestions that are listening right now, I can just H word name on Twitter and lower as WB on Twitter. Just let us know because you know maybe we discover things that we haven't heard of and. Will be cool to cover. Yeah, but so we can we can go ahead and listen to some suggestions. Uh, reach out there. Reach out on. I don't know. There's not like a hub for people to talk about the podcast. Yeah. So just yeah, hit up on, Sh- on Twitter. I guess. Should we sh- should we set up an email and do like a little email segment on the episodes? From yeah. Maybe people want us to talk about or yeah. Why not? Like All, right, All right. Yeah. I'll set up a we'll page on. Um, on like ForgottenGenres.com, and you can probably put in your email there by the time this episode comes out, at least in audio, because this will be up tonight. And uh, we'll figure out something so you can reach out if you're a listener of this show. I feel like that's probably long overdue. Every show has that. Yeah, right? so, make it a little more interactive, yeah. Yeah, or if you want to like PayPal me $100. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll cover any show. <laughs> I did have someone write, um, a very rude patron so who, who is not... Sometimes they write nice stuff. Sometimes they don't. I'm not going to mention them by name. Like, I want, How much money to be on this show with you guys? Okay, and right. my, my gut... Re- I didn't reply to this, but my gut response is uh, too much money. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the idea of selling guest appearances on this program. Joe Rogan does that. Joe Rogan... Uh, you know, if you reach out to one of his friends and you got the right price in mind, he will put you on his program. Yeah, or I don't know. I I mean, I wouldn't mind as long as it's enough, <laughs> enough so I can put up with your annoying ass person that I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I feel like every time we've had someone, is either someone that you know is going to be good, or that we're fans of. So having someone just like that, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. I can't think of the price, but I mean, if if they can reach yours, then ten thousand dollars tax free. Then yeah. you're in for a thirty minute episode. Yeah, <laughs> that can be posted to Patreon only. <laughs> yeah, but we'll set up that email just so that it's a little more interactive and get more feedback, I guess, from from the listeners. Yeah. All right. Uh, Monsters, I would say, I think I gave it two stars on Letterboxd. It's not Rob Zombie's worst offense. I think that would probably be 31. Um, mm, I, I, I've never saw that. I, I didn't see uh, the Salem's, whatever that was. Lords one, of Salem. Either. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I keep a ranking uh, just so, so I, you know have a frame of reference of where any auteurs movies fall in their filmography for, for me and my taste and my opinion at any given moment in time. And um, yeah, I can, I can firmly say that the monsters was more watchable than 31. I'd probably have to revisit Halloween too. And I know that his director's cut is apparently very different from uh, what was released by Weinstein in 2009. Um, so, but my, my, 
instinct was that it was also better than that. Uh, but I think I enjoyed Lords of Salem a little bit more. All right. Well, I'm, I'm still probably not going to watch those. So. <laughs> well, that's where the Halloween retrospective of horror movies uh, comes in. Yeah. 31 days, 31 movies, 31 episodes in a row. It's 31 days, 31 times watching 31 by Rob Zombie. <laughs> that, that's, that's, uh, that's a great idea, Hobbs. Uh, one of our viewers gave us that idea. I believe it was Jurnaz. I think it was Gene mm. Zayas said that. That's his favorite movie, 31. Oh, so really? uh, we will be covering 31, 31 times for the month of October. <laughs> Thank you, Gene Zayas. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what, do you, what is your ultimate opinion on monsters? Show it to your children if you have children. If you have little boys and maybe girls too, if they're on their 10, 11, I think they'll really enjoy this. Uh, it has a very Fox Kids look to it from 20, well, 2006-ish, I think, is what one of those shows we're on. Um, other than that, um, it's long, way too long, kind of loses steam very quickly. Uh, appreciate the performances, but I don't think I'll ever rewatch this unless, you know, yeah, no, I don't think I'll ever <laughs> rewatch this, but, uh, how about this? How about this? Yeah. Because we're, we're kind of lukewarm negative on mm -hmm. it. Right. Um, do you think that this movie is going to be successful? That's what I'm more interested in because I have a feeling people are going to watch it when it hits Netflix successful by what metric enough so that the money spent on it is earned back and the money i mean what is the budget on this film i can't imagine it's that much even though they have a bunch of practical sets and um uh, costumes and everything else well there was that rumor right that we spoke about that it was something like 30 million but then Ralph zombie came out saying that that was not no, nowhere close. Uh, the rumor was forty million the budget, but I don't buy that. Yeah, no. Here's what uh, Rob Zombie said: uh, How the hell did everyone get the idea that the monsters cut forty million dollars? Fuck! I wish I had that kind of budget. To put a little perspective on, on it all, if you add the budgets of Halloween two, Lords of Salem thirty one, Three from Hell, and the monsters all together, it wouldn't even add up to thirty million. Hmm. He said. Then again, were those other movies crowdfunded? <laughs> so, so, I don't know. I am more likely to go with Rob Zombie on this one, um, that he's not lying uh, about the budget. Because, again, Universal's line here, I don't, I, I mean, I, I think it did open with Universal, whatever the imprint is, 1440 Entertainment. Here are some of the features that they did immediately prior to this movie uh how high two backdraft two inside man two most wanted bulletproof two undercover brother two uh tales from the hood three <laughs> tremors shrieker island which is like the ninth tremors movie Jarhead, yeah so it's a lot of Law it's a lot of, of hey Hey, do you recognize this title from that movie you watched 20 years ago? Here's number five. 
that has a completely different cast and a plot that has nothing to do with the original anymore. But hey, it's got the name. Mm-hmm. Feels like that, yeah. Here's the only one I ever saw that. Oh, Bring It On. Worldwide Cheer Smack. You know, they turned Bring It On into a slasher film series? What? Yeah, no. I just found this out. They, they put out a new Bring It On, and it's a horror movie where oh. the girls are getting murdered. Because that's big right now. It's like 90s style slasher films are the new horror trend. You don't like that? No. <laughs> no. I told you, I tried watching those uh, Scream movies and I couldn't. I made it like 20 minutes into the first one. I was like, this is so jarring. This is so late 90s that I, I just couldn't get yeah. through it. And I think there's a particular artifice to the the ones that they're making now where it's way too, it's trying way too hard to be that. So uh, I don't particularly vibe with it. They turned, um, also they turned Pretty Little Liars into a slasher movie. So that seems to be the move if it's a dying franchise, make it a slasher film. Dying young adult show. Is that what Riverdale is too? And... I don't know. I don't know what other shows are, <laughs> are like that. I don't watch stuff. So I'm very ignorant about mm-hmm. whatever. Slasher, wasn't that a show that was kind of like that? I think, that I think so. Too. Probably. It sounds right. But um, I don't know. We're we're circling the drain now. I think we're, we, we've passed the one hour, 30 minute mark at least. So we get a full episode on Monsters. We circle back around. That's, that's a proper conclusion. All right, so, um, yeah, if you guys want to get all the exclusive episodes of movies, go to patreon.com slash lowres. Follow Hans, H-word name, on Twitter, Hansikendos on Instagram. LowresWB on Twitter. LowresWonderBread on Instagram. I think I'm going to be dropping a little teaser for Mass State Lottery real soon. Just had the first screening of Mass State Lottery. Went well. Went very well. So, more to come very soon and uh, hopefully a, a firm release date also soon we'll see depends on how some of the festival submissions go this next month but uh, all right that has been movies for this week uh thank you for listening